Right, here goes, dive into the old mailbox, what have we got here? Science X newsletter from Monday, August the 15th. There we are. Oh, that's about fucking hell. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Right, there's tons of stuff here. We'll just start with a very top spotlight story headline, which is the wheelbot. Uh, a symmetric unicycle with jumping reaction wheels. Here we go. Uh, this is from techexplore.com. And here we go. Researchers at the RWTH Aachen University and a team of Professor Sebastian Temple and Max Planck. Oh, no, sorry, I was about to say Max Planck's dead. The Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems, the MPIIS, in Stuttgart have recently developed this wheelbot thing, which is a symmetric reaction wheel unicycle that can autonomously jump onto its wheels from any initial position. So this unique robot, introduced in a paper published in the IEE Robotics and Automation Letters, was fabricated using a combination of off-the-shelf and 3D printed components. It looks pretty cool, but it doesn't look like a unicycle because it's got one wheel at the bottom and then at a sort of 90 degree angle to that, it's got a wheel at the top, but we'll see. Our research group worked at the intersection between data science and engineering. One particular direction for our research focuses on combining insights from control theory and machine learning. Right, that's a link. So what is control theory? Nope, no, nothing there. So let's wiki it. Control theory wiki. So it deals with the control of dynamic systems and engineered processes and machines. The objective is to develop a model or algorithm governing the application of system inputs to drive the system to a desired state while minimising any delay, overshoot or steady state error and ensuring a level of control stability, often with the aim to achieve a degree of optimality. So I'm sure you all completely understand what that was talking about there. Anyway, our research group, oh I've read that, Rennie Geist, who's a member in TRIMP's team, and lead researcher behind the wheelbot told Tech Explorer testbeds such as pendulums, robot arms, and quadcopters help us to check if the theoretical assumptions underlying an algorithm are particularly um, viable in reality. Ideally, these testbeds are simple to use while being challenging to control with state-of-the-art algorithms, forcing us to think outside of the box okay i'll admit i think i've kind of dove dived in at the deep end here and i have no fucking idea what any of this is talking about supposedly there's two other examples um, of such test beds the so-called balancing cube and its descendant the cubely these two systems have often helped to evaluate the effectiveness of network control systems and data-driven methods for achieving non-linear control. Of course, um, I think I've maybe signed up to a newsletter here that is way above anything that I could probably understand. This article is about 20 pages long. Is there a conclusion? Let me see. 
Uh, researchers and Crimp's team are now working on a new version of the robot called Wheelbot version 3, a core goal to make the robot even more accessible. Um, so it's an easier build, it's easier to use and easier to experiment with. The next version of the Wheelbot will be a bit smaller uh, than the current version, use a more powerful microcontroller and in terms of its firmware design it's easier to operate of course. Uh, in addition we currently work on a control algorithm that steers the Wheelbot along a purifying path. After building the first jumping reaction wheel unicycle robot, we are excited to demonstrate that the wheelbot is also able to perform an agile driving manoeuvre. Right, I don't understand what any of that meant, really. Sounds like a robot unicycle that rides by itself. So, fuck that. I'm not going to read... No, there's no danger. I'm reading Engineering Circular riboclectic acids, which is sucker RNAs for improved protein production. I'm just going to uh, evolutionary bursts, freshwater decline. Nuclear war could cause a global famine and kill billions. Study things. Right, okay. I think I could have maybe told you that without a study. So this webpage has taken a little while to load up, but it's from phys.org phys.org right, okay, there's all sorts of graphs and shit like that uh, okay, so more than 5 billion people would die of hunger following a full scale nuclear war between the US and Russia according to a global study led by Rutgers climate scientist that estimates post-conflict crop production okay, uh, what, is this 1978, is this the Cold War I don't really understand why they're still talking about this? Is there not that mutual devastation or mutual destruction sort of thing that it would never happen because everybody would be fucked? Uh, well, five billion people, according to this. The data does tell us one thing. We must prevent a nuclear war from ever happening. Thanks. Yeah, I don't think you need data to know that. Uh, big Alan Rob... I was going to say Robcock, but it's a Robock, uh, who is a distinguished professor of climate science in the Department of Environmental Sciences at Rutgers University, and he's also co-author of this study. Uh, one of his assistant researchers, Leela Chi, uh, is in the Department of Environmental Sciences uh, as the lead author of this study, um, published in the journal Nature Food. Right, okay, so Nature Food. So this is all about food, by the sounds of it, which um, I, I do enjoy a hot dog every now and again, so... Was it Twinkies or hot dogs that would survive a nuclear holocaust? I think it was Twinkies, but I got that from Family Guy years ago, so maybe it's not true. Building on past research, um, the colleagues have worked to calculate how much sun-blocking soot would enter the atmosphere from firestorms that would be ignited by the detonation of nuclear weapons. Researchers calculated soot dispersal from six war scenarios, five smaller India-Pakistan wars, and then the big fuck-off large US-Russia war based on the size of each country's nuclear arsenal. This data was pumped into a machine, by the sounds of it, and estimated productivity of major crops such as maize, rice, spring wheat and soybean on a country-by-country basis. I don't know if I eat soybean. You ever eat any soybean? I get black bean sauce from the Chinese, but I don't know if that's maybe soy bean. Soy sauce, maybe? I couldn't go with it, soy sauce. So, um, yeah, global average 
the calorific production would be decreased by 7% within five years. That doesn't sound that much, uh, but the largest war scenario tested a full scale, like I say, is USV Russia. It would be 95% uh, within three or four years of the fighting, so that would definitely fuck things up. Again, big, massive article that I cannot be bothered reading. I think I've definitely jumped um, before I could walk type thing, or ran before I could walk here. Right, let's just go through some of these nanotechnology news. Into that. Unexpected quantum effects in natural double layer graphene. Hmm, don't know about that. I know what graphene is, but that, like the guy that invented graphene won, he's won an ignoble and noble prize. He's a smart cunt, but he's also, um, he, he, I think he floated frogs using magnetism. So he won an ignoble prize for that, but then he did invent this graphene thing which he explained as, see if you sharpened a pencil and then, like, stuck it in between two bits of sellotape and repeatedly, like, pulled it apart, you would get a single atom layer of this stuff called graphene. So, um, yeah, so there's unexpected quantum effects in that, supposedly. I hope I've explained that um, as well as I can. Earth news, nuclear war, yep, read that one. Is there anything good in here? World's largest ice sheet could cause massive sea rise. Okay, without action. Satellite data finds landfills are methane super emitters. Is there nothing nice? Hot nights. USA uh, in July set for new record overnight warmth. Many in US doubt their own impact on climate. The UN are resuming talks on high sea treaties amid growing concerns. There's another word, concern. This this is the this is might be the most depressing one. I want to go back and read Martha Stewart again when she's talking about buying air conditioning units and getting the fucking coconut water out. Deadline looms for western states to cut Colorado River use. So that's obviously in America. Well, at least this is good news. The Arabian plate is holding steady. So a comprehensive study suggests that the Arabian plate is geologically stable and capable of withstanding long-term forces from surrounding tectonic activity. That is good. Uh, for 110 years, climate change has been in the news. Are we finally ready to listen? So back in 1912, there was a small paper in New Zealand uh, and they published a short article announcing global coal uses was affecting our planet's temperature. So yeah, 110 years of people saying don't set fire to that stuff. Which diet will help save our planet? Climatarian, which I've never heard of. I'm going to actually go into this one then. Flexitarian, vegetarian or vegan? Let me see. Um, so there are flexitarian diets, which three quarters of meat and dairy is replaced by plant-based food. That sounds absolutely rubbish uh, the Mediterranean diet uh, poultry, pork, lamb and beef in moderate amounts deciding which diet to choose is not as simple as you might expect they all sound rubbish man, like they really do let's see, where are we going now sorry this is fucking shit to save our planet we must also consider both water and land usage beef for instance needs about 15,000 litres of water per kilo Seems like an awful lot. Some vegetarian or vegan foods like avocados and almonds. Oh, here we go. So next time you're a vegan pal that you don't have, 
comes up to you and says, I'm having some avocado and almonds for breakfast, you can tell them, fuck up, that's got a massive water footprint. Um, but saying that, an overall plant-based diet does use about half the water of a meaty one. I think it's worth it, but man, like it rains all the time. <laughs> Here in Glasgow anyway. Uh, soya beans, 8% of the world's soybeans are fed to livestock, right? So that's why I've not heard of the old soya bean thing, because we don't eat them that much by the sounds of it. Um, nine animals per person per year. One of the issues that seems to be lacking in many food discussions is the ethical dimension. Every year, we have <laughs> fucking hell, we slaughter 69 billion chickens, 1.5 billion pigs, 650 million turkeys, 570 million sheep, 450 million goats, and 300 million cattle. That's over nine animals killed for every person on the planet per year, all for nutrition and protein, which we know can come from a plant-based diet. That's fucking horrendous. So there's nine animals per person, seven billion people, and then yeah, sixty-nine billion chickens. So tasty, but like sweet breast of chicken curry. So what is the ideal global diet to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, reduce habitat destruction, and help you live longer? Well, I suggest um, being an ultra flexitarian. So a diet of mostly plant-based food, but one that allows meat and dairy products in extreme moderation but red and processed meat are completely banned that sounds pretty rubbish but this would supposedly save at least 5.5 billion tons of co2 uh, per year which is 40 percent of all food emissions and decrease global mortality by 10 percent and obviously prevent the slaughter of billions and billions of innocent animals so seems like quite a good argument there but plants taste rubbish man like nobody wants an avocado for breakfast get the cornflakes out or crunching up for sure Uh, weather forecast heat waves blah 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 Um, climate change could lead to larger algae blooms drought heat waves earthquakes garden of eden is now like a a desert I was going to say a desert in Iraq there's blazes in southern France. Farmers face new challenges. Spain is fighting against fierce fire. Jesus Christ, man. Everything is just shit. Why can't we just all get along, hold hands and all that sort of jazz? Uh, we've got US astronaut Jessica Watkins sets her sight on the moon and then eventually wants to go to Mars. If you had the choice, would you rather go to moon or the Mars or neither? That's my alarm. Thank fuck for that. That was horrible.